Hello again, friends, and welcome to episode 10 of season 2 of My Life in Miniatures. Our grand finale is today, and uh, my guest today, uh, in a timely fashion, given the event that is fast approaching, uh, my guest today is Matt Avis, from, uh, you may know him from the Culture of Paint uh, podcast over on YouTube, and of course he is the Golden Demon Compendium on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be talking to him a little later. Me, my name's John. I've been your host for two seasons now, so hopefully you know my name. But if this is your first time, you can find me on heresyandheroes.com. That's where I come from. This is my podcast, My Life in Miniatures, where I talk to a different guest each week about the toy soldiers that have shaped their career, their hobby, their passion, their projects throughout their time painting and sculpting and playing with toy soldiers. Uh, that's what I do. I'm very chilled out at the moment. Uh, I think it's because I'm recording this at about six o'clock in the morning on a very sort of quiet and grey, uh, twilighty Thursday morning. And that's, you know, really nice. It's just sort of, it's chilled out, man. I've got a good vibe going on today. And, uh, the, you know, the day of actual work has not annoyed me to the extent that it normally has by the time I record, so I'm very chilled out. I'm also chilled out because this is the end of uh, season two. This is it. Uh, this is all all done on season two, which I'm very happy with and very proud of. Um, I've had ten wonderful guests to add on to the ten wonderful guests I had in season one. Uh, lots of you have listened. Um yeah, it's been really good. It's been really rewarding. It's always nice to do. I meet so many people. I, I talk to friends. I talk to strangers who have become friends and, you know, people who I talk to more online. It's really nice. You know, it's, I have a lovely time doing this. But it's a bit of a time sink, you know, as you can imagine. Put it this way, for every uh, hour and a bit long episode, it probably takes about six hours to actually get it to you. Um, between organising things and writing stuff down and getting set up and doing all the editing and the actual recording itself is probably, you know, six hours a week, which I can put back into my painting now. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, I'll tell you now, uh, don't expect my life in miniatures to return until 2023 in the new year. Um, I, I want my winter off. Well, not my winter, but, you know, sort of uh, September to December I'm going to chill out and uh, focus on me and family, friends, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'll be doing that. But if you hang around after my chat with Matt, uh, we're going to do what we did at the end of season one, where I'm just going to run through, do a bit of a retrospective on season two and how it all turned out and what we got up to and what we enjoyed. So um, hang around for that. Uh, Those hobby projects that I'll get some more time to spend on, they're coming along slowly. Um... You know, they're, they're, they're doing all right. But, you know, it's just, I'm in a sort of a slog stage. And I'm, again, I'm still not saying what it is because I don't want to. Because then it's like when you say what it is, people expect to see it. And if I decide I don't want to do it at some point, you know, then they're going to be like, where's the thing, John? And it's like, uh, yeah. um, <laughs> But uh, I'll tell you what, if you want to see my progress, keep track of my progress, uh, you can follow me. Uh, in various ways, uh, you could do it in a really uh, sort of horrible stalkery fashion. I'd rather you didn't do that. Thank you very much. Or you could just follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Heresy Heroes. Uh, you can go to Instagram and search for my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures. 
uh, where you can keep up to date not only with my hobby but with this show and any news that comes up about the show including uh, every week when the show goes out on a Sunday morning I'll post up something on Instagram on Sunday saying who's on and, and what and any blog posts that I write for heresyandheroes.com they'll get shown off there as well so everything goes there it's a good place to be. Or you can just go straight to heresyandheroes.com, my aged blog, which is coming up to, um, I think it's coming up to like 10 years of me doing it, which, I mean, I had like three years where I didn't touch it, but it was there still. So so that's the best way to follow me and keep track of things. And you will find out if you follow those things, either on Twitter or Instagram, uh, when uh, season three drops, which would be, like I said, should be sometime early on in the new year. Uh what else have I got to talk about this week? Well, one thing we didn't talk about, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, so it should have been a couple of episodes back. Um, Warhammer Plus finally got me with that Chaos Terminator. Um, definitely getting myself one of them. He looks well nice. He's beautifully painted, and, and uh, I I really hope to do justice to that paint job. Um, I need to find that old edition of White Dwarf. I don't own it anymore. I had it when it came out. But uh, it's an absolute stunner. Um, but yeah, other than that, what will I be doing for the next few months? It will be Golden Demon prep uh, and new projects. So we've got about a month or just over a month left until Golden Demon UK. So I've got a few entries um, that uh, I need to spend some time. You know, they're all done in inverted commas, but, you know, they could still have more done to them. Uh, there could be buffed up and shined up and you know try and get that last little grain of contrast out of them and uh yeah so i need to do that uh which i'm really looking forward to and then after that start on the new stuff because i'm gonna presume until i hear differently that you know warhammer fest is gonna come back and it'll be in may like it always was and um yeah, Golden Demon will be then, so I'll have a little less time because I've had um, a few years now uh, to get ready for this one, which is why I've probably got more entries than I'd take to a normal Golden Demon. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with some cool painters, including a few people who have been on this show. Um, that's going to be really, really nice to do. Um, and speaking of Golden Demon, this is why this is the timely episode. So. Uh, if you do not follow the Golden Demon Compendium on uh, Twitter and Instagram, you really should. If you like seeing well-painted miniatures, uh, literally just search for the Golden Demon Compendium, I think all one word, and you will find uh, Matt's account. Uh, he also created the Golden Demon Compendium book, which I, uh, I backed on Kickstarter. You can see my name in the back of the book. Not that that's the highlight in any way, because literally it is filled with the most beautiful models. Um, and what Matt does on Instagram is I think he only follows accounts of people who have won Golden Demon. Uh, and, you know, I think that's a great idea because, uh, yeah, it's just great. It's a wonderful way to sort of celebrate it. And do you know what, Matt, as, and you'll hear more about this as we discuss it uh, in this podcast, because this is kind of a little bit different. It's not really, but... Um, you know, every week normally I talk to someone about their just their hobby in general. This is really Golden Demon focused because Matt has a, a... See, I think I'm quite nerdy about Golden Demon. Matt is like the oracle of Golden Demon these days. And um, 
you know, I don't even think there's anyone at Games Workshop who knows the amount that Matt does about Skull Demon. Well, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe a couple of the heavy metal painters or something like that. But, you know, Matt really is the oracle. Um, I'm going to give another shout out to friends of the show, Cult of Paint, um, who uh, Matt appears regularly on their weekly podcast, uh, Culture of Paint, um, which I really recommend you check out every week when it comes up. It's just, uh, they've just put out an episode with Mark Lifton, who is a multiple Golden Demon winner. And when I say multiple, I think it's uh, high 20s of Golden Demon statues that he's won. Um, so, but this really is so. It's a story of Matt's uh, hobby, but also very much about his time entering Gone Demon. And uh, yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, stick around afterwards and we'll do the retrospective. Um, but without further ado, here is my lovely conversation with Matt from the Golden Demon Compendium. Matt, how are you? I am good. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a day, but... It's over now. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about a bit of days. They they do um, tend to be over at some point, which is which is always encouraging. Um, yeah. We'll start the next one. Um, but we're not here to talk about the days we've had. Um, we're going to talk about your life in miniatures and the toy soldiers that have helped to um, shape your life, career, and, and your hobby. Um, and we're going to take you all the way back. And first off, we've ask everyone this how did you first discover toy soldiers uh, i think probably the same story as a lot of people in their early to mid 30s uh it was i actually remember it pretty well because it was 1998 good year uh it was around the end maybe middle ends of the school holidays yeah. uh we were in town mum had brought us into town for something and we walked past uh, the Warhammer shop or the Games Workshop as they had the big red and yellow signs back then. Yeah, back when it was and, uh, Yeah, when there was vibrancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we went in. Um, it was around, I think, just before uh, Third Ed was set to drop. Yeah. And I remember going into it and you had, you know, the red tiles on the floor. Mm-hmm. You had those god awful like letter, like alphabet, like uh, price schemes on the blister packs. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. Like the A B C D and all that, mm-hmm. and uh, there was like this hexagonal hobby table in the middle, and there was the manager and did two staff back then, like hot, like beavering away doing their hobby. Yeah, and uh, it was me, my mum, and brother, and we went in, and uh, yeah, just loved it. it was yeah. so cool. It was yeah, um, straight away. Yeah. Just yeah, just instant, just instantly hooked. You had the like the gaming table that was like the just the, all the static grass. There was no hills or terrain. It was just mm-hmm. like static grass and paper buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that stuff would have been the old, and uh, yeah, second yeah, edition Warhammer forty thousand cardboard mm-hmm. ones. Or I think it was just at the end of second ed. So like because I think third ed came in October of ninety eight, something around then. Yeah, I'll go with that. Because, yeah. yeah, I think I think when I was looking it up, it was around then. Because we went in, and obviously they, they do the whole retail, we want to sell you X, Y, Z. But yeah. I think the manager kind of, like, was really good back then. He wasn't a – he was, you know, you obviously had to sell things, but he was 
he wanted to get you what you needed. Yes. And being seven or eight year old me, I wanted everything under the sun, obviously. <laughs> and uh, it's quite expensive even back then. So, uh, yeah. It's that weird thing when people go, oh, the price for Space Free now is like six times what it was in 1990 something. You're like, well, yeah, but that in real terms, it's actually probably about mm. the same price. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, the starter set was what, 15, 15 quid back then? Like the, the paints and. Yeah. I think I found one with the image it had a fifteen pound price tag on it, and uh, yeah, like he, he knew the like the manager knew like third ed was coming, yeah, and uh, so he kind of pushed us away from buying the second ed box, which kind of in hindsight I wish I kind of had, but never mind. <laughs> it, it, it was it was the coolest box, but also it just in, it's one of those ones that is very much tinted by nostalgia because. Mm. It was the coolest box for me because it was my first box. But then, you know, you you sent me a, a a reminder of the contents of what was in third edition. It's like, wow, like not cardboard scenery. That's that's a step up, and a, a land speeder. Mm. That's all an unkillable land speeder. Because <laughs> yeah. splinter weapons were going to do nothing against that. Yeah, and I think it may have been the first box. Oh, I might be wrong actually on this, but it's one of the first boxes that had uh, the wonderful whippy sticks. Um, yes. Ooh. That ruined so I many just... relationships between brothers and best friends. And Yeah. I mean, yeah, but they just were, I don't know what possessed them to ever bring those. Like, I don't know. They Did they not think? They should have just like done like a, give children those whippy sticks before they sold them to the general public and just see what happened. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> sting, stings across the legs. It really, like, um, do you know what, when, when the Horus Heresy box came out and they were included in that? Um, was it that one they were in? Yeah. Yeah. I um, I did test them out on myself. I didn't go out and clobber some poor child, but um, I did test them out on myself and they still sting like an absolute. Yeah, that, I, I saw them in the box on the the Warhammer preview thing or whatever, and there was a little bit of PTSD about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember in in my local shop they basically i don't know if it was in every shop they had if you wanted to play a veterans night which was on a thursday yeah and weirdly that shop still is still on a thursday you basically had to pass a test right um and play the game with one of the staff members and pass a test and know the rules about really looking at your codex or whatever yeah i could never pass the test mm. so i was in these um like they did him in like little groups and then one of the the store managers he really just didn't like children <laughs> at all <laughs> and like seven and eight year olds they get a bit bored or whatever mm -hmm. um, and yeah the whippy stick was used effectively i don't think it would fly much these days but no. back then it was a uh, yeah, fear of God with that stick. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm sure. I mean, hey, if if you know you could take them back in time and sell them to teachers in I don't know the 1950s or something, I'm sure they'd be absolutely thrilled with them. Um, but yes, okay. So you you discover. I mean, I'd also just on a slight tangent, have you ever seen that meme about uh, McDonald's restaurants? How they've gone from being red and yellow and fun, and are now these sort of grey midlife mm. buildings that just look depressing and yeah just a hint that warhammer's done something similar <laughs> lots of uh lots of black and grays yeah going through cool. our like 
moody teen years or something. Yes, it's gone from that sort of happy uh, red and yellow to sort of somber black and white, and it's gone from having Games Workshop, which sounds like creative and fun and play, to Warhammer, and it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, we all like Warhammer, but still. Um, anyway, that was a slight aside. Um, your first miniature then, the first one we're going to talk about, was actually from uh, that £15 paint set that um, you just yep. mentioned. Uh, tell me about your Ultramarine Sergeant. So I still have it, which is... Um, Impressive. I, I found it sort of a while ago, and it is as every bit as horrible as I imagined it would be. Yeah. Just no undercoats Lovely. mold lines mm-hmm. just ultramarine blue slapped on uh what was what was the the yellow paint back then it's like flash kits yeah no not flash kits the, uh there was i don't know oh was it bad moon yellow yeah bad moon that was the one bad moon and just yeah just blobbed on just mm. with that crappy brush that came in <laughs> oh yeah that little box the red monstrosity that you know, I'm I'm still happy. I'm happy that I have it. Like, I've come a long way since then. Obviously, I'm not not as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad I've still got one or two of the things from when I was um, about nine or ten. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I can't stare at it too long though, because it just makes no. me slightly ill. It's got just covered in sand on the base and a goblin mm-hmm. green rim. There's just yeah. So much nostalgia. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, very nostalgic. I suppose the other question, if if that was one of the miniatures from that um, paint set, have you still got any of the paints and do they work? No, no, no hex, pox, hex pot paints anymore. With their, you know, they, they were awful. Like they, they are rose tinted glasses, those paints. They just, mm-hmm. they're no coverage. If you've got any paint in the, the lids, like uh, Fred, yeah. It was not opening. <laughs> yeah, that was it. They were done. Yeah, may as well turn them into terrain at that point. Um, so, putting a bit of blue tack on, they were using it as a paint handle. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's, yeah, they'd be perfect for that right now. Um, but I don't suppose why ultramarines? Just because it was the one on the box? Or? It was probably just one on the box, and that's what, you know, I think you couldn't really paint much else with the colours in that box. No. It was... It's just basically what you had. But yeah, mm. I, I've, I've never painted another ultramarine since, but I have had a real sort of wanting to do a proper old school third ed ultramarine. Nice. Well, I think you should do it. Why not? Sounds like a fun challenge these, these days. Um, yeah. Um, now, before we jump onto your next, um, I suppose, set of miniatures, we're going to talk about a few here. Um, when when did you first discover Golden Demon in terms of when were you first made aware of it I first saw it in a white dwarf I don't I don't remember what edition it what issue it was it must have been around the time the Lord of the Rings stuff came out like all that was going on yeah probably 99 2000 because me and my brother, we really loved the Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, yeah. And I my dad always go to W.A. Smith's every month when White Dwarf came out and he'd take, get the copy and take it home and we'd go through it. And uh, I just remember seeing the Golden Demon um, competition in that one year. And I was just like, wow, what's that? And 
yeah, I've, I've kind of been hooked ever since, to be honest. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's a, it sounds like a similar story to me. I saw that one, and you'll know exactly who did it because the name's just gone out of my brain as I'm saying it, but it was In a White Dwarf, and it was the Outpost Number 7 diorama. With Matt the, Parks. Uh, there you go, Matt Parks. Uh, and it, that diorama has been living in my brain since I saw it, when it was done mm. for Golden Demon. Even So good. Oh, it's amazing. It was just so full of character, and it it when I was that young and I thought you had to do all these things by the rules, it broke a load of those rules. It's like, mm. but that's a space Marine land speeder. How come those Imperial guardsmen have got it? And it was just, and the blood coming out the back of the orc and how we built this little structure. I was like, you can build structures. Mm. And it was, uh, it was very sort of ahead of its time. That piece, I yeah. think and yeah. it was very different from what you used to see before, before then, which is really cool. And I've, I've spoken to Matt parks, when when I did the book stuff, and he still has it, and Brilliant. it was it's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm glad he still has it. That makes me that fills my heart with joy. But anyway, you you discover Golden Demon, and then a few years later, we'll we'll move on to, um, I suppose your first ever entry into Golden Demon. Um, your tell me about Frodo. So I we. We were quite young, so when we kind of got into the hobby, and I don't think my parents really wanted to take me to sort of games day at that age. I, it would have been, you kind of had to be a bit older to appreciate games day, I think, yeah. back then. Um, it was like 9, 10 probably, you need to be around then, sort of 11, 12, around that age to really get the most out of it. Otherwise, it's just not not super fun for young kids you, you yeah. see them at like warhammer fest they're not particularly interested no no it's but, um yeah yeah so that year i i, I remember reading the magazine about it and i was kind of was like can we go and and obviously my dad uh i think my man dad came that year yeah, i think they both took us up that year it was at the nec yeah no. um like the hallowed grounds of games day <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and um I painted up a uh, Frodo, which was it was the Frodo and Sam um, blister pack with with Gollum in it, and mm-hmm. it was Frodo trying to drop the ring into to Mount Doom, and I worked so hard on that. I was just it was kind of the right size as well because my hands were really small then, so it was easier <laughs> to paint. Andy, yeah, yeah, but. Um, I never, but I kind of probably should have asked for a bit of help with actually entering because I didn't enter it into Youngbloods. Oh, wow. I just, yeah, I, I, I remember now I actually forgot to enter into Youngbloods. Oh, no. So I, yeah, that was a bit silly of me. Did you guys say so you went in with the adults on that one? Yeah, the All the Rings category, which was not smart, obviously, and I was crushed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's, that would be. This project. I mean, it's, it's why I suppose Young Bloods is such a great idea to have, and, mm. and even though I I see the standard of some of the stuff that goes in there these days, and it's like, nah, nah, I, just because I couldn't have done it when I was no. there, like, nah. some, some of the things that have won Young Bloods that I'm looking at, I'm thinking, just no, no, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's just not fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, good on them. Hey, they're the they're the Slayer Sword winners of the future, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. Although saying that, mm-hmm. they will probably do what we all do and have a 
you know, a break at some point. But hopefully. Got to have a hobby sabbatical. So. You do indeed, yes. And so, well, let's um, rumble on past Frodo. Um, and then you have your hobby sabbatical uh, a, a little bit after that. Um, what what prompted the, the sabbatical from? I just, I think it was like the same reasons, right? Like my friends weren't doing it anymore. Yeah. There was no one in school that was doing it. I, I got heavily into my music, like in secondary school, mm-hmm. guitar and all that stuff. And yeah. yeah, it just kind of took a back seat. I never really stopped like completely. Yeah. I was always I was always reading up on it and I had the books and we'd still get the white dwarfs and all that stuff. And it was kind of around the time the website, uh, the, Gold, the Games Workshop website was uh, you know they used to have all those articles on there mm-hmm. like the hobby blog articles before the great purge when they deleted everything yeah yeah um and i was you know i'd still keep up to date with it all i just didn't really paint or play the game much and i never really talked to anyone about it because no. <laughs> no one was interested anymore I rem- well i remember the, the exact same thing happening yes it was um yes it, i had a small little room that i could have my source of my games table in but i couldn't also fit the drum kit which was the first instrument mm. i went for and um yeah so that's that's where mine bit the dust but yeah it's funny how everyone has it though isn't it i think it's just you kind of it's kind of like warhammer has this huge fantasy attraction and it was like massive escapism mm. and you know you can just let your imagination run run wild with it and I think as a kid, you kind of have that even more. Yeah. And then when you kind of hit your teenage years into sixth form and uni and all that, you just don't, you're not as enthralled of it. And then once you get a bit older than that, you go, oh, that was actually really cool. Yeah. Right. I need to go back to it. Yeah. And obviously you have probably some money in your pocket to actually be able to do it. That definitely helps. Definitely having the money helps. But yeah, I think it's, I remember hearing, I think it's the Amish have a custom when their kids reach sort of 17, 18 or something. Uh, it's called Rum Springer. Mm. And the kids go off into the sort of non-Amish world and experience that for a little while. And like 99% of them all come back or something like yeah. that. It's like a really high percentage. Um if only Games Workshop could have that sort of percentage of people who leave and come back. <laughs> uh, but a lot of us do. It's very true. Um, so, okay, you you leave, you return. Um, you Well, in here it says you return in 2013. So it was around then, after I'd finished uni, I'd like really focused on doing my audio engineering stuff. and Yeah getting getting that as a career path which obviously i am in now (laughs) so it it must have worked out some way but i just i wanted you can only do so much music you need other outlets as well and i've always loved to paint and make things and i think making the things in this hobby is probably one of my favorite bits like of it all i love i love kit bashing and stuff like that nice so i wanted to come back to it and i remember walking past the shop uh, one day and I just went in again and it was a new manager new atmosphere um, but it, before they had upgraded that shop before they'd completely um, turned it into Warhammer mm-hmm. and um, yeah it just loads of nostalgia and I was like yeah 
I'm going to do this again. This was fun. I don't know why I stopped. Well, quite. I mean, I, I had a similar feeling, of course, but um, you, the next model we'll talk about, and we'll spend a bit more time on these models now, and you're a bit older. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is a diorama that you did for Golden Demon in 2013. Uh, tell me about your um, Death Core of Krieg trench diorama. So I've always loved the Death Corps of Krieg. They, they're such a weird like oddity within Warhammer. They're very modern military when they probably really shouldn't be. <laughs> Yeah, they, but, they definitely scratch that itch if you're a historical war gamer and you want a way into mm, Warhammer, I think, yeah. And they have such cool tanks and history and background and lore and all that stuff. And it was around that time the the, the limited edition uh, sergeant came out for it. Right. I can't, it was like you had a LAS pistol or a plasma pistol, and I just wanted to do like him in a trench with an orc charging him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I kind of I went all out on it as much as like my hobby ability could provide me at that point in time. And I was reading the, um, the Forge World Masterclass books, Great. which have the um, all those m- like amazing dioramas in them. Incredible, so good, yeah. Well, Love the first them. two are great. The th- I don't think they did the third one. It was like, meh, it's all right. But yeah, the first two. Third are was a. The first two are very much, they're, they're very almost like historical painting rather than um, like Warhammer style painting, which is really weird. They're very, you know, weathering and chipping fluids and airbrush and yeah, it's, all it's, these powders and everything. You can tell they're of a certain time because um, when you open it up and it's like, here's the things we're going to use. And it's like hairspray, wire wool, like mm. loads of stuff that is not... Games Workshop don't make essentially. No, and um, yeah, they're, you're like, I, I need hairspray. What's hairspray for? And then you <laughs> find out, and you're like, oh wow, okay, I didn't know I did that. Yeah, I wanted to, um, I wanted to create the trench system, and I, you know, I was green stuffing sandbags, and there was a tutorial in one of the books of how to do that, and thanks yeah, yeah. a word, and I was like resin, and it was just yeah, I went all out on it. I, di- I didn't even get a pin, but I, I was really happy with it. That's your first time back. I mean, that's not, that's yeah. is it? It's, yeah. And I mean, I suppose you cover the Death Corps of Krieg, but why the Orc? Why not Chaos or anything else? Or I remember there was, is it the, there was like a campaign in one of the um, books. I can't remember which book now, where they the Death Corps did fight off Orcs. Ah, right. I think I was, I was basing it around then. I've got, I've got it on, I made a little plaque for it and it's written on, the um the plaque what the the campaign was i can't remember what it was called now i have to find the diorama somewhere <laughs> mm. well yeah no have you, you still got it yeah it's i think it's in the attic oh. um but yeah it's in one of the boxes in the attic so i have to go dig around for it and find it again yeah and did entering that into golden demon did that sort of reignite that you talked about earlier how you'd sort of seen golden demon and you were wowed by it did this re- go attending again all these years later? Did yeah. that reignite that? Mm. So like on when I first started as a little kid going to it, and I did enter Young Bloods <laughs> at one point when I realized the mistakes I had made. And you know, I was I've been massively inspired by like the, the Kevin Downey Dragon Wagon 
and Martin Footit's high elf. I remember seeing that in the cabinet. And I think Alan Merritt was there that year, possibly. Okay. And I remember talking to the staff about it and just being like, how, how do I buy this? And they're like, oh, no, it's, it's a full scratch sculpt. You can't buy it. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, what's, what's, what's sculpting? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, yeah, I just clear, clear memories of seeing those things in the cabinets. And that kind of sustained me through my hobby sabbatical. And then when I went to the, the Golden Demon in 2013, it was just like, it was just a massive, like, oh yeah, this is awesome stuff. And just seeing just high level miniatures again was was great it just really kicked it just scratched an itch that i was just missing <laughs> yeah no i get that it's, it's why i've always said that i think golden demon especially when they put it into white dwarf it's it really is one of the best adverts for the hobby because it mm. it not only shows off a huge amount of skill but also a huge amount of imagination and creativity that definitely i think it's just incredibly inspiring really it's it's the best I mean, I've said it to them a few times, like the Golden Demon winners are the best hobby advertising for Games Workshop. It's some of the best miniatures in the world painted by some of the best painters in the world to the best standard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shout about it. (laughs) Absolutely. So they should. Um, No, totally agree. I'm also going to call out uh, on your Deathcore Krieg versus Orc diorama, which of course I have a photo of and I, I do recommend um everyone listening to this goes and tries and find a, a picture of this on Matt's social media. Um is that the classic uh Forge World barbed wire you've used on the top of it? That is. That was the best barbed wire. I've still it got was. a tiny amount of it. It was uh yeah, I had to um I ordered that and it took forever to arrive because what 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 didn't really have the internet properly back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I ordered it through the shop and it just took forever. And uh, I was getting a little bit like, oh, time's ticking on, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some uh, some of the original Bane Blade bits on there. Oh, cool. When, uh, when that came out. Yeah, that's that definitely dates it. But that's cool. So, all right, you, you do the Death Corps of Krieg. Uh, great justice with that particular one. But... Um, did you keep entering more? Did you return to the Death Corps Krieg after that? I haven't really painted much Death Corps since then. I think um, the Macarius I painted much, much later as a Death Corps one. But um, yeah, that's that's much, much later. <laughs> that's probably yeah. the only other thing I've painted of Death Corps. Nice. And then so, you know, from then on, I can, I can see from uh, the list that we're going to talk about, um, you're you're pretty much going to Golden Demon every year, if not most years after that. Yeah, so I, I tried to go to every games day, and I I ne- like you could always do the the bus like from the shops when you used to arrange them, but I, I hated them. Yeah. It was awful. Just yeah, they were ne- so early in the morning to get down for the day. So I usually like begged Dad to um take me down to the NEC nice. <laughs> and tag along. So, so I, I missed a few years just because we were on holidays or yeah. you know, we went away somewhere. But I tried to go consistently. I didn't enter every year, but I always went to 
to look to and I always made sure to go and see the cabinets and try to up my level by just looking at things because I, I think like it's something that the the cult guys say all the time is just seeing something in the flesh pushes your level and yeah. back then you had to see it in the flesh because Instagram and all this stuff didn't exist so you had to um <laughs> see it to believe it sort of thing yeah no I, you're absolutely right it was or well you just had to wait for white dwarf to publish the gun yeah mm-hmm. and it was it was really annoying because they they um they they started to stop really publishing everything in white dwarf and mm-hmm. it was really disappointing that you had you'd have maybe like one or two yeah and that was it yeah and they did a few years where they had the booklets which i love those those booklets they're great mm. um yeah it was disappointing when they stopped really giving it the attention it needed but yeah, yeah such is life mm. i guess but they well they may have stopped giving uh those paintings the attention that they deserve um but you certainly at this point uh, start kicking on um let's move on to your next piece tell me about the auric megaboss so this was when i think sigmar had just really they, like they re-released the oryx yeah sigmar and stuff like that and i love the megaboss i had an orc army an orc and goblins army and um yeah they were they were just such fun yes characters to paint like gorbad iron claw and all that mm-hmm. and um yeah i, I love the oryx like they, they're, they're so massive and they're big and you can just paint them and all the blood effects you can do on it and oh yeah yeah i want i knew i wanted to do a mega boss for it so i i i went as much as i could all out on it and i was like i'm going to do as the best that i can do currently and make sure i do it (laughs) brilliant yeah and how how did you how did you fare i mean i got a pin so um it was uh it was nice because I hadn't had a pin in a while at that point. So I was getting really a bit, oh, not doing as well as I need to. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I got a pin and this is before they did the, I, wasn't, I think this was the first year they had the commended entries come back. Oh yeah. Because um, my mate, we went up at the same time and uh, I, like, I really started socializing with Ingo and Demon at that point, talking mm-hmm. to the painters. And um, this was around the time that I started going uh i need to archive all this stuff on the internet that was kind of the year that i actually started um and yeah just like really trying to socialize and get to know the painters and you know a lot of them that i met the first time there i still talk to now like they're good friends which is i think what it's all about like you can you can paint in sort of splendid isolation but it really it's really boring sometimes yes it is and it, no, it's it's really nice to have people who you can throw ideas around with and mm. uh, or ask advice from as well. It's uh, it's very handy to have. Mm. So, I mean, <clears throat> you brought it up. We, I've got to ask you about the spreadsheet. Ah, database. Because <laughs> I, I'm I'm in my in the real world. I'm an analyst, and so I like a good spreadsheet. And um, I have heard many wonderful things, either watching the Cult of Paint podcast, uh, it, it often comes up. Um, it's made you a bit of an oracle on <laughs> demon things, especially winners. Um, 
Yeah. Tell me when, when did it start? How did you do it? So it, it kind of started out of necessity. Um, I, 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 I kind of like to hoard things. I'm very much a data hoarder. Yeah. Um, I have emails going back to when I first had my email account because I just like, well, what if I need them? They don't take up any room, so I'll just leave them where they are. Yeah. Um, I was looking at Demon Winner and Full Mini or not, and I was just like, oh, it's all so decentralized. Nothing's searchable. Mm-hmm. Can't You can't find anything that you want to find. Like Google searches only get you so far. So I just started just archiving it um and i just spent my time on the commute to work which is like two hours on the train i just went cool i've got nothing to do the internet doesn't really work on this train line because it's in such a dead zone so i might as well just do something productive i've yeah. had enough of reading books <laughs> yeah yeah no i know sleeping that. yeah so yeah I, I basically spent 10 months just archiving everything finding all the data input because i basically had to do it all manually there was no way to really easily scrape it and demon winner is quite a it's not the best stability um of a website so Mm. i didn't want to hurt it (laughs) by trying to automate the scraping um and yeah 10 months later i had the whole well, not, as much as the information that is out there, I have. It's all organized, year, dates, names, entry titles, what they got, Slayer Swords. Um, I coded everything with numbers and image I, uh, IDs so that it just made life easy to search. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. That's that's a, it's a dream. So you have, and I'm, probably because, I mean, you know, uh, if you look at things like the existing uh, Golden Demon website that Games Workshop run, it's a it's a little bit out of date, and not mm-hmm. everything is there. So you have become the um, well, the person who knows all the details, which probably even Games Workshop may not know. Uh, no, um, I mean, I did. I have spoken. So, I mean, I, I kind of cornered them at Games Day one year, and I asked them like, "Where is it all?" and yeah. I don't think they know. <laughs> no, um, I, sadly, uh, I, that would not surprise me. I mean, it is this thing of you know, Games Workshop starting out very much in sort of um, passionate amateur territory, and then becoming more and more professional. I suppose you just lose things over time mm. because, like, oh yeah, that was a fun event. It's really cool. Some people won. Well, yeah. we'll move on to the next one now, or the next thing. It's yeah. I mean. I mean, the, what, what was great about actually building the, the database was that that really gave me the ability to make the book um, and do all that stuff, um, which was, it was so helpful. Like having it, if I didn't have it, I, I don't think I could have done it. Yeah. It, it would have just been too too much data to figure out. Um, and, and yeah, it would have been an absolute nightmare but I've made all the data available on the website that I've built to kind of update Demon Winner because, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that website. It it goes down quite often. Um, I've tried to find out who has 
to back end access these days, but it, we think it's just running as a ghost ship. Right. Like no one, no one has access to it anymore. So yeah. I, I, I fear one day it will just disappear. But um, who knows? Because it's hosted on a on a free domain. <laughs> oh God! Right? Yes, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's .dot fr, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well done you for rescuing all of that before it does something terrible does come uh, does become of it. Um, we'll we'll talk about the book in a bit because I want to talk about the book. But before we do, uh, we've covered the mega boss. Tell me about your farseer. So this was the first mini that I went to when they had those quote unquote mini demons, which were a very interesting um, golden demon. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure they knew what they were trying to do with them. But you know, I, I really liked them. Um, yeah, they were fun. They were they were great social, if if nothing else. Um, it was great to see everyone more regularly than than just once a year at Warhammer Fest, yeah, um, or Games Day or whatever. Um, this was, I think, the last one or the second to last one um, before they they stopped doing them all. And this was, I, I wanted to paint a Elder Farseer to the best ability that i possibly could yeah um and i think for the most part i, I did um there, there were parts of it where i was just like oh i could have done that a bit better and when i was like talking to the guys with feedback the overriding thing was it needed some freehand uh, you have the the big flowing cape i should have put some elder iconography on there and i said to them i was just too nervous to do it <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, yeah. I blended all of these capes really nice, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to mess it up." I know I'll mess it up. <laughs> it's it's a great fear, but I mean, I'm I again, I'm looking at a photo of this, and yeah, that the cape is beautifully done. You've got that red cape and the the blue sort of underskirt. Uh, I don't know mm. what the Eldari actually call that particular garment, but um, yeah, it's that. So if I had done that, I would be in exactly the same position. Just be like. I could put a, if you want to go classic, like a yin yang symbol on it or something. Mm. It's like the second that circle goes out of place, the whole thing is yeah. a nightmare no, to try and fix. There's no cutting back into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you've done a, a, a degree of blending all over that, which is very nice. Yeah. This was very much an exercise in me trying to get my blending for the best I could. I, I mean, I'd struggled with blending a little bit and this was kind of my project that I went, I'm going to get it right. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm going to focus on. So that, that was kind of what this piece was for yeah. to try and make sure I could get my blending better. Yeah. And how, I mean, how, is that just, you've got to be patient and practice or are there any sort of just, tips you could give? It's just practice and just layers of glazing, glazing and glazing mm-hmm. until it looks right. Um, it's, it's, I, I find it easier to start in the middle tones and then glaze down and glaze up Yeah. rather than starting very dark and then glazing all the way up because it's just, it takes forever. It does. So, yeah. Yeah. This was me trying to get that perfect for me and i think for the most part i did get it as as good as i could do at the time mm-hmm. but, um yeah I was, I was really happy with it and you know it was a great day met some great people met friends up there as well and 
yeah, it was just so much fun. Yeah, nice. It's great. And it's uh, that Farseer is a beautiful miniature. Uh, this, I entered that potentially in... No, it would, I went. I entered that in a Games Day, I think. No, not a Games Day, a Warhammer Fest. And uh, yeah, I think I got a pin for it as well. But yes, it, it, it's a stunning miniature. Mm. The yeah. Elder line is so good. Like the new Warlocks and I love them. So yeah. <laughs> I know that avatar is still whispering to me, um, but that would be a very big, long job. Um, now, you, we, we've talked about sort of individual entries for things. Um, we're going to move on to 2019 now, um, which you got. We've got three things to talk about here, uh, and they're all wonderful. Let's just start with my favorite of all the tanks still the best looking tank chassis in the world mm -hmm. how did you get on with the macarius it's forge world resin so let's just preface that yeah. so yeah. that was i love the tank i think it is the best like you said it's one of the best chassis that's, mm -hmm. that they've ever done and i love the stubby little guns on it i'm not I, the long one i can't remember the variants called with the longer cannon one yeah um it's cool but I, I just love the stubbier one it just yeah. it's so much fun um it was a nightmare to put together though i think i must have got the worst car <laughs> imaginable yeah everything's um, slightly out of shape lots of mold slips and flash yeah everywhere and, yeah there was a many uh hours spent with a heat gun trying to get that thing back into square because the the bottom it has like a a very long thin uh part along the bottom that is like the underhull. Yeah. And it was just it was crooked as a banana. It mm. was awful. And I probably should have sent it back to be honest. But um yeah, I just kind of persevered through and eventually it was built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you it's uh in the same way that Farseer was a uh a sort of study in blending this to me looks like a real study in weathering mm -hmm. i i went all out on the weathering yeah. maybe a bit too far but i i just wanted to make it look like it had been through the absolute war zones and i'd been reading um a lot about the siege of Arax at that point yeah um so this is i, I should have gave you a better image of the nameplate but it's it's macarius whatever the name was um and yeah. i kind of i can just make it out macarius heavy tank seventh krieg tank company eighth assault court 88th siege army and then um a lot of what looks mm. like numbers and cyrillic yeah so i, I gave it a serial number uh, which had um i just randomly generated a number and it, it had three sevens uh in the the number back to back nice. so i i called it sevens the tanks um and it has uh seven iconography all over it which i thought was quite fun very nice and, uh, yeah so it's it's themed in the varak campaign it's dusty as hell it's chipped to hell there's oil stains all over it there's fuel stains it, yeah, it was so much fun to paint. I love weathering tanks. Yeah, they're just uh, that looks fun. That looks a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you don't have to be neat with it. Like 
that's what I like about it. You can be really messy, but in a controlled way. Yeah, definitely. Well, you nailed that, and you nailed it enough to get yourself another pin. Um, now, that same year, tell me about Gandalf. So I, I've been looking at Golden Demon previous entries a lot, and there are two Gandalfs of this miniature that have been painted, um, one by Martin Waller and one by Matt Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I want to paint that as good as they can paint it. And I just, I tried my best. It was, I was going for all of the soft blendings and the greys. There's browns in there. Yeah. There's real subtle tech, like um, stippling and texturing in the, the cloth. There really is. And man. I just, I wanted to make it really the best that I could do and try and get all those separations in the greys because it's a very grey palette. Mm. Um, but trying to make it all work and not get lost is um was a challenge like to just give it every little piece its own definition like the scarf yeah. is more got more blue tones in it yeah yeah and the hat has more blue in it and yeah it was really fun to paint yeah they're lovely those and, uh, I, yeah. I think, do you think it helps that you have uh, well maybe the actor because uh, obviously they're based on the characters in the film i feel like i should say tm after every time i say lord of the rings now um but yeah do you think it helps that you have someone like obviously in this case ian mckellen that you can a you can see what it looks like in the film but b because i'm looking at the face and it, it looks like ian mckellen's face mm. do you think that it, helps? It's, kind, it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way yeah. So it's helpful to know what to paint and how it's how to paint it and you know what colors can go where but everyone knows what it looks like. Yeah. Like you can't paint it in a real different way. So yeah, they're expecting it to be a certain way so you have to paint it that way. Yeah. Which yeah. but it's yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, the Lord of the Rings category, but it's one of my favourite categories. I, yeah. I love it. It is a great um, one. It's the best category. I'll, I'll uh, die on a hill for that one. <laughs> wow, that's a strong one. But yeah, no, it, it is always certainly one. That you just Because I think also you sort of know how much smaller they are than some of the... They are so tiny. Yeah. It's, um, I've been working on one of the dwarves recently, and yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny. Mm. Uh, uh, you ever seen um gareth nicholas's uh uh, uh like he's done arwin and uh legolas and i just don't know how he does it yeah i, I remember his arwin yes it's uh, mm. it's a bit much <laughs> yeah. a he's thing. just it's just mental uh, considering how small that thing is <laughs> yeah it's incredible it's uh, no you i always get a kick out of looking at that category certainly because it's just um and also there is that thing but i know the painters don't necessarily represent the community but i always have very warm thoughts about the lord of the rings community just because they're the nicest mm. people like yeah. when, when they go up to warhammer world and play a tournament they're always like the friendliest nicest group of people in the world <laughs> I, I've, I've there's there's not as much like it's competitive but mm. i find it's it's not the same competitiveness as sigma or 40k where it's um, meta or die <laughs> yes exactly yeah. yeah it's much more yeah i've got a nice little band of orcs or elves and yeah i saw um i was 
I was at Warhammer World one year when there was a a, a Hobbit um, tournament on, and I remember seeing someone had um, an army of Hobbits, farmer Hobbits, and obviously it wasn't going to do very well, but he seemed to be having a really good time. So yeah, it's they they are the people who would choose a halfling team in Blood Bowl and not take the tree. Mm. Um, yeah, they're in it for the fun, and I like that. Um, Okay, the third one. And how did Gandalf do? Pin. So no, it was uh, triple pin that year, which was fun. Yeah, and the third one of those pins was uh, your Moon Clan Grot, which I don't think I've got a photo of. No, I think I forgot to attach it. Annoyingly, okay, that's all right. But um, yeah, that was actually a last-minute thing. I did that four days before um, Golden Demon. <laughs> wow, that's very yeah. impressive. I just had it in a blister pack, and I just went ah. I've done everything now. I've got four days. I might as well crank another one out. So yeah. if it, I mean, it's, it's tiny enough where you can do that. Um, but yeah, that was, I, yeah, I love the grots. Yeah. They're so much fun, especially yeah. with his silly big yellow helmet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they are, they're a, a wonderful little range of just humor. And um, yeah. Now, after this, I'd say very successful Golden Demon, uh, racking up three pins for yourself there. Um, we're in 2019. Um, the pandemic is not a great mm-hmm. distance away. Um, and during the pandemic, you, I think it was during the pandemic, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but we find out about the Compendium project. So, yeah. Um, so, it actually started about four years before I let publicly it be known that I was trying to do this. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure I had enough like done before I got people's hopes up and it never actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, if I, if I said I was going to do it now, I'd have been like, that's way too ambitious yeah <laughs> it was a a monster task because it, it involved a lot of trust in me from yeah. people that i didn't really know very well yeah. um and that was sort of the hardest part i kind of spent those four years previous to 2019 just trying to build trust and yeah. Yeah, it, it was that was the hardest part of the project, I think. Um, but eventually, you know, we got there, and it kind of, in a way, the pandemic. I have a lot to owe to it, in a way, which is a bit weird, mm-hmm. um, because it gave people the time to actually get involved with the project. Yeah, which um, you know, taking the photos because they were where the models were needed, where the models were to take the photos, or um yeah they had the time to do it then and in sort of the 2017 2018 2019 i had been in the uk driving two people to take the photos but um i'm only one person i can only do so much so it was it was quite a slow uh process yeah but, um yeah and then like in 2020 the um it just kind of all fell into place within a few months and um yeah the book was was finished <laughs> and i was able to uh, 
to say, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. It's something which I think other people will like. Mm-hmm. And because it was kind of a selfish project in a way, I wanted it personally. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, a great way to do it. It means you, you put a lot more sort of love and care into it if you want it as well. And like uh, the creating the database had really made, like in the previous years, had made it possible to get to this point. So it kind of, it all kind of just f- was just very fortuitous and it got, everything kind of fell into place nicely, which is really weird. And if I was, if I was to do it again, I don't think it would happen as easily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it got the, got started getting all the images through. I compiled it all and then just decided to go ahead and give it a shot. It was nothing to lose using Kickstarter because if it didn't, if it didn't fund, then no one was out anything. And that's why I like the Kickstarter format because yeah. it's a very safe way of, of crowdfunding things basically. Very true. And yeah, then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks after it properly funded and finished, four half-ton pallets turned up at my house. Fun. <laughs> Which was, um, yeah, my back uh, was very thankful for it. And uh, yeah, nice. it was just like, you were ambitious to get all that into your shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must have a big shed. It's um, Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I have my copy. I My name is in the back um, because, yeah, I think it's a wonderful project and it does, um, it really helps to immortalize a lot of those um pieces of work because like like we've been discussing that it's very hard for people to find Mm. especially i would say good images of a lot of those things unless you've got loads of old white dwarves and you can piece together what you can from um golden demon effort uh demon winner and the golden demon website it's very hard to find all of that and so it's Mm. and having it having the images at that size and at that definition, because you obviously took all those photos, it means if you are aspiring to be a better painter, you can actually sort of get really up close and try and work out just how some of those people achieved those incredible paint jobs. I think the, the the best thing about it is that I was, we were able to re image so many old pieces, which was, was great because they haven't had new photos and, you know, 20 plus years yeah and the photos that exist of them online are just potato quality pixels of you can't yeah. see anything mm. so it was it was like when um matt parks uh, sent the photos for his giant diorama that won in the slayer sword in 2010 yeah and i finally got to see the back of it right i was just like oh my god there's so much more i've never seen before <laughs> yeah yeah is that the one with the giant marching over the bridge yeah, and you got yeah. the the Empire gunman and the cannon and the wizards and that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Nice. No, that's brilliant, and well done you for doing it, and congratulations on its success. It was very good to see. But let's return to some of your miniatures. Then um, we've got a couple left to go through. Uh, I think this one you're going to tell me about. Well, a I'm a huge fan of this because it's the correct chapter of uh, Space Marines. Um, <laughs> absolutely the best one and uh, I think you're going to be pretty happy telling me about this tell me about your Blood Angels squad so yeah this was started about a week after 2019 GD 
Right. Um, and I only finished it two days before I went to Adepticon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nice. That's uh, cutting it fine there, but you had, yeah. had plenty of time to put a lot of care into it. So I knew I wanted to do squad. I, I'd never done squad before. And it's, it's, it's very, it's probably one of the most difficult categories to enter other than the single miniatures, mm-hmm. just because of the, the people that enter single miniatures and what comes out of there is just, yeah. it's just mind mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to basically paint a single miniature level, not, not quite to the, to the to stand of a single miniature, but close. Yeah. Six times. <laughs> yeah. And keeping that consistency and level of finish across all of them is very difficult. Mm. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was started a week after 2019 GD. But I kind of put it on, I built bits of it and then I put it away for a while. And then around when the plague started happening, mm. um, I kind of just stopped because everything was getting cancelled yeah. I wasn't, I just, I kind of lost motivation to do it without having a deadline to do it for. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a bit sad. Um, it happened but, to a lot of this happened to me as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but you know, once, once things started getting back again, and, you know, it was opening, I came back to it and I was like the, the new chaplain had been released, um, on the bike Mm-hmm. Uh, the new the new standard bearer had been released at that point um and i was just like those work better than the miniatures that i did have there so i i swapped them out right. and yeah i just i wanted it to be a kick in the nostalgia for third edition like mm-hmm. the gold helmets the yellow helmets i tried to get a blue devastator helmet and you know, there was just no more room <laughs> no no fair enough yeah and um I, I at that time um tarot model maker had been releasing these um backdrop plinths at that point and i just thought that could be like a cool thing because there's not many there hasn't been many backdrop winning pieces at golden demon and i was like oh but then i have to paint a 2d image which i've never done before and i don't know how to do it mm. <laughs> so that was kind of a another added complication (laughs) stress and i i must have stripped the paint off of that backdrop about five or six times wow um i went way too far the first time with just it just looked like a mess and then the second time i was trying to put a moon in there like because the whole theme of it's their they're facing their backs are facing the night and their sort of the front is facing explosions or whatever because they're, they're um they're, they're, the highlights are much more focused at the front than they're at the yeah. back they're very dark at the back kind of not really painted <laughs> yeah. so that backdrop hides quite a lot of sins because you, you just can't see it good good yeah that's what <laughs> um and then i just googled i just went i'm gonna make the backdrop really simple and i just went clouds mm-hmm. and it took 10 minutes <laughs> hey wow nice it looks really good it's, i would not have thought 10 minutes yeah it's just uh, a nice transition of purpley bluey black colors and then i ripped some paper in half and like weird shapes and just 
put it up there and just airbrushed mm. the the edge of paper to get the cloud yeah, edges. Clever. And that's it. I like it. I like it. It's very good. And I mean, you know, here we have six noble blood angels, the best chapter. Um and you did manage to get, I mean, there's lots of nice details across all of them, and you, each one is, has a, very much its own personality, which I'm sure mm. factored into why this was successful, not just the color scheme of it, but also what they're doing and how they're standing or moving. And um, Do you have any particular favorite details out of this? Anything you, you really like? Yeah, I did that well. The, I, I really like the chaplain, mm-hmm. and I'm really fond of the... Banner. Uh, so the chaplain is the torso and up from the biker, yeah. the, the biker chaplain, and the legs are just standard Primaris Space Marine legs. Yeah. But luckily, because in the Primaris Space Marines you have the the shin pads and the knee pads are all separate. So, yeah. and the chaplain ones just magically fitted perfectly, mm, nice. which I was just like. Well, okay, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't have to do any faffing with that. And yeah. all I had to do was, so the, the the chaplain, the crotch bit is is molded to the torso. Right. I just had to cut that off, make it flush, mm-hmm. green stuff a little belt around it to hide some nastiness, and that was it. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Um... And then the banner is very Roman. Very. It's kind of very gladiatorial roman-esque banner and i I figured i I did have a flag originally and i wanted to do this like massive freehand banner flag and it was going to look amazing but i couldn't find a flag that was like wavy enough right gotcha (laughs) they don't really make them they're always like square rectangular banners and i I just wanted a big flag but i just i couldn't couldn't find one i tried to 3d print one but it just didn't turn out very well okay so yeah, I went this route because it was a quick and easy solution. Nice. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a stunning piece of work. And I would like to say I think my favorite bit, well, I like it all because it's the Blood Angels, but my personal favorite bit, I really like the power sword that you did. on. Uh, mm. It's got a lot glad. It's, yeah, so that was a really different one. So I, I usually do power swords very blue. Yeah. Like very traditional power sword, but I kind of wanted a more gray looking one mm-hmm. and i was like i had these like um what are they i think i've got them here actually like scale 75 colors that were like bluey steel kind of yeah. things and i just went oh, i'll just use those and see how it goes and it just kind of worked turned out very nicely yeah very very good and um so you took this to adepticon was this your first adepticon as well first adepticon i was supposed to go in 2020 yeah. but obviously didn't happen for the in big big plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Upanoga was everywhere. Yeah. Um and yeah, took it to Adepticon. It was a nightmare to transport. Uh TSA really thumbed around with it a bit. Mm. And I was like, please don't break it. Please don't break it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it um I've got to ask, how do you get that from one continent to another in one piece? So for this one, I, I couldn't really get a case because you have to get it to fit either underneath the, the chair mm-hmm. or in the overhead locker. But you can only... So I had to buy basically a premium 
or I went, I, f- I flew with like a better seat because I needed the additional bag right. <laughs> to put this in. Yeah. And all I basically did was I got a, a six inch cardboard tube and I screwed, I tapped a, a hole into the bottom of the plinth. Right. And I put a thumb screw into it mm-hmm. and then I packed foam around it and then I just put the lids on and it was okay. Nice. Good. Well, I'm glad it survived. And um, well, I'm, I'm sure you're glad it's fine as well because uh, mm. how did this do for you? So this, this was, uh, it did all right. It um, took a bronze, which I was more than a bit shocked about because mm-hmm. it was, it was very weird that Adepticon one because we entered our stuff on the Thursday yeah, and we didn't find out the results until the Sunday evening. <laughs> right. So it was like four days of, well, what, what do I do now? It's, it's entered. Yeah. I just got to wait. Um, so yeah, we, so we, we hang around uh, Adepticon, we went into Chicago loads. It was, on, it was honestly the best not games day games day that I've ever been to. It was such an amazing amount of like just camaraderie and all this stuff. And yeah, when we came in on the Sunday in the evening and I was just like, ah, oh, it's got commended. That's all I wanted. I am done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm finished. It's great. It's all I need. And then they did a weird thing that year. So, and I hope they do it again uh, this year where they took all the commended entries Mm. and instead of putting the top three on the shelf, they put all the commended entries on the shelf. Mm, So we had no idea who the top three were. Right. Which was, yeah. um, It was like, it was amazing because when we got into the award ceremony, which was, I I think that was honestly the best award ceremony I've ever been to in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, They had to take down an entire wall to get more people in because I think they only estimated like 200 people would turn up. And I think there was probably about a thousand. Wow. That's cool. It was so many people there. It was so loud as well. And, um, and that, you know, I was done. I got commended. I was like, cool. I'm just going to live stream it and I'm going to record it. And I was sitting there with my camera and (laughs) I was just like, they'd gone through the first, uh, single 40 K miniatures. And, you know, my mate Robin had got, um, gold with his, um, uh, Khan white scars and, nice. you know, they were so loud and everyone was cheering and yelling. And then it went silent because they were like talking about the next category. And, uh, they just said my name. And I was just, like, I said on the stream, holy <laughs> SHIT. And I've been telling everyone not to swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. It, it was really awkward because everyone was really quiet at that point and everyone heard me say it in the entire hall. <laughs> and then I kind of yeeted my camera at someone and I was just like, oh my God, I've actually won. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations. Well done. Um, you can put yourself in your own spreadsheet now. That was a, it was a really satisfying thing writing my own name. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. Well, it's a beautiful diorama and again, oh, not diorama, a squad, but it is kind of in a, you know, it's that you, there's a theme to them. Um, but yes, they are very much on your, um, on your social media somewhere for people to go and find. And I do recommend taking a look because they look splendid. Um, 
before we move on to the the last thing you're doing, uh, obviously we have Golden Demon in the UK. Uh, mm. I'm sure you could probably tell me exactly how many days away it is, but um, uh, I can show you. <laughs> I've got I've got my my doomsday clock. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can confirm Matt is holding up a countdown clock, which I think said it's, uh, three days there was that forty three right? days, twelve hours, forty minutes, three seconds. Yeah, and you, you managed it's, to bag uh, yourself a ticket. Yeah, that was um, in- incredibly stressful. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever been more stressed in my life. Mm-hmm. I was so stressed. In fact, my watch asked me if I was doing a workout. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard you say that on, on the Cult of Paint podcast. Yeah, it was like, do you want to do you want to start a workout? It's like, no, I'm just trying to buy tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had someone asking me why I yelped from another room because I actually managed to get one of the ones on the 11th. Mm. Uh, um, it's, um, well, no, not the 11th, the 1st or whenever it was. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, not been a an amazing experience, I don't think, for many people, sadly. But no, I think you're right. It's um, and I think you said this on Twitter. It's better we have something rather than nothing, and that hopefully this means that you know next year mm-hmm. there will be a fest and it will go back to being able to have a lot more people enter. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's it's always going to go back to Warhammer Fest next year. I, you know, it's. It is what it is. It's there's there was never going to be a perfect solution for it, no. other than just not holding it, which yeah. would have been a great shame. But you know, I think they probably could have. I maybe would have liked to have seen a celebration of thirty five years event rather yeah. than a golden demon event. Yeah, that I think probably would have been a better compromise. But, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's you know I'm I'm very happy I'll be there you'll be there. It's going to be a great weekend. I, I was kind of hoping, wait. you know, in a really selfish way that a lot of really talented painters would not be there, but they are. <laughs> uh, I've seen lots of people who are attending that they make Operation going, John somehow sneaks a bronze of his own uh, considerably more difficult. It's, it's going to be a very highly concentrated event of amazing miniatures. It is. It really is. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure. Um, you and Cult of Paint and um, and even I will be making sure everyone keeps informed with lots of very good pictures of what's going on. Um, but now we're going to move on to one of your latest things that you've been working on. Um, and I, I hadn't seen this before. Um, and I'm really looking to, forward to seeing how this is going. I'm guessing this is not going to be for this Golden Demon. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, you got some work to do. Um, well, it's, most of them are painted now. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, well, tell me about your sewer rats. So I really enjoyed reading. So Max Fillet, I can't, I don't know if I'm probably butchering his last name. No, that's what I call him as well. Yeah, uh, he did a gutter runner's piece for i think 2014 uh in the open in, in the open category which he took gold for yeah and he was i think working in one of the retail stores in sweden at the time and he just came in and just demolished everyone in open <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah i love reading his blog about it yeah and you know thought processes and what he did and why he chose xyz like if you 
get a chance to go read it, check out the Stockholm Warpaint website. website. Mm-hmm. It's great. And the new Skaven has obviously come out, the, the, the Never Maze, uh, whatever the names are, and the new Deathmaster, which I'm really annoyed they put it in that big box. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, an eBay uh, pinch because I had to buy two because I broke one, the first one. I, I oh, totally messed yeah. up converting it. Yeah, um, so this originally was supposed to be a squad, but I kind of got really carried away with making the base. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I so, you've had fun with your clay bricks, definitely. Yeah. So I wanted like a, a conjunction of, of two sewer systems meeting. That's why it has the, the, the round bit at the back that like the depth really adds to, to the overall thing. Cause I'll probably show you. Although no one else can see it. It's kind of, yeah, it's, quite, it's quite chunky. Too. I can tell all of my uh, my listeners that it is indeed very chunky. It looks very nice. Yeah, and it was just so much fun to put together. Yeah. So it's got to be a diorama now because, I mean, I could enter into squads, but none of the base would be taken into account. Yeah, I, you're right. And you've put a lot of work into that, and I think yeah. I'm sure a lot more is going to go in. But it's, So uh, it would be a shame to have done all that and to have meant nothing. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I very much agree. So, yeah, um, that's good. Well, I and others will be able to see that. You're committing in for your 43 days. Is that why, what the clock's for? Yeah, it's, okay. it's to uh, to shame me into painting. Nice. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> it's, uh, well, no, I can't wait to see that in the flesh. Um, it's going to have all the gimmicks. It's got resin, resin pores, uh, micro beads, Yoohoo glue, all of it. Nice. That's it. Looks absolutely fantastic, um, Matt. I appreciate we have run a little bit long, but I have two questions that I ask all of my uh, visitors on this podcast. Well, not visitors; you didn't come here, but you know, my my. <laughs> yes, that's it. It's been a long day. I've forgotten words. Um, first question: What is your favorite ever paint? So, I was watching some previous podcast and i got one ready right so at the moment it's uh metal color from vallejo gun metal gray because it's a one coat cover bolt gun metal style paint beautiful we like that bolt gun metal is one of the all-time best paints well again nostalgia is playing on my mind there so yeah okay um all right last question for you then if you could paint any miniature next, not including your rats, because they're already underway, but when the rats are done, it could be any miniature in the world. It could be one that doesn't even exist in the world yet. It's only in your imagination. Or it could be something you pick out of your pile of potential or off the shelf tomorrow. What would you like to paint next? So my next project, I already know what my next project is going to be. It's going to be the Kratos uh, tank from the new heresy nice because i saw that at the weekend and i was just like yes i want to paint another tank and that's going to be it and it's going to be world eaters and it's going to be weathered to hell <laughs> nice all right so you're going back to the old macarius tactics are we mm-hmm. i like it well um i very much look forward to seeing that um everyone else there will be uh i'll tell you in the outro how to go and find uh matt stuff so um 
please do go and see it. Uh, Matt, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming and joining us on My Life in Miniatures and telling us all about your life in miniatures. It's been brilliant. Really fun. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you've had fun. We like hearing that. And uh, yeah, we will catch you later. Well, there you have it, folks. That was my chat with Matt. And uh, thanks, Matt, for joining us. And uh, just a reminder for all of you, uh, seriously, go and follow The Golden Demon Compendium on both Twitter and Instagram. It's full of amazing things, mainly Golden Demon-related things. Uh, how nice was it that Matt actually got to win his Golden Demon and uh, add himself to his own spreadsheet? I just think that's the nicest uh, part of that story. And, you know, it's, it's great that he's going to continue pushing. I really recommend going and checking out uh, what he's up to because it's great. And, uh, you know, if or, hey, hopefully you'll be able to catch it at Golden Demon uh, in... Uh, October, which I know not many of you will, but hopefully some of you get to. Um, it's really, really worth it. It's great. Uh, yeah, and that's us done. Uh, episode 10, signing off time. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the season, I guess. It was, uh, do you know, it's weird. It was only, what, like three-ish months ago that I spoke to Richard for episode one. It seems longer ago. Um, you know, this this year has just been. You know, I'm I'm really convinced we're living in the darkest timeline. Um, you know, uh, living in the UK, what's happened in those three months? Well, we've um, we're going to get a new prime minister who's either going to be um, awful or terrible. Uh, we've had uh, the, some of the hottest days this country has ever had since probably it was, you know, part of Pangea or something. Uh, we've gotten all being told that our gas and electric prices are going to financially ruin all of us. You know, and uh, yeah, this is great. This is what our year is. That's what this year is. Um, I look forward to the horrors of next year because, uh, not because of the horrors, but because there will be season three. Uh, of this podcast out but enough about the real world let's not go there it's not a nice place uh no this has been a great season i really enjoyed you know i i can honestly say that i've had 20 guests uh, on my life in miniatures over the two seasons that we've done and i've never had a bad guest everyone's been lovely everyone's been interesting everyone's been so nice to work with and uh, you know i'm so grateful to all of them for giving up their time um to come and chat with me for a little while about toy soldiers. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that so many of you are listening to it as well. I see the numbers. They're pretty good numbers. Uh, oh, that was a bit Trumpish, wasn't it? They're good numbers. They're the best numbers. You know, you should, my numbers are the best numbers. No, they're not the best numbers, but they're really good numbers. And I'm really happy with that. I'd, I'd be happy if there was just one of you listening. Um, because I really enjoy doing this podcast, but it does, like I was saying in the intro, it takes it out of you a little bit because it, it is six hours a week to do. Uh, and that is, it's a, it's a time sink and I could be painting and, um, doing other stuff, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's been great. Um, let's, let's talk about the guests we've had on. Uh, we started off season two, episode one. We had Rich Gray, uh, which is great talking to him because he's such a fantastic painter and um, he's going to be a Golden Demon, which, you know, so that's 
hopefully I, I'm not in any category season because uh, I don't stand a chance. Uh, <laughs> I don't really stand a chance anyway, but, you know, it's it, it, it's nice to have a bit of hope. Um, but no, Rich is great. He is incredibly knowledgeable about painting. Um, he paints incredibly beautiful things, and uh, it was really nice to hear him talk about how his journey has has taken him to this point and um we got to talk about his mortarian as well which i just think is the the most incredible miniature uh we got to talk to josh who was josh was just full of like heartwarming nice stories about the hobby you know sort of i don't think anyone's ever going to top that in terms of how heartwarming it was uh we had spencer from spence painting uh it's been great over the course of, uh, since we recorded that, which is uh, over a couple of months ago, he's been getting more and more followers on his YouTube, and that's great, and he's putting out more and more uh, miniatures, which is really fun, and it's great to see, and so, you know, we wish him well, and, and uh, that he's having fun. Darcy, uh, episode four was Darcy Bono, uh, she's just one of the loveliest people I've ever spoken to, um, she was so uh, sort of bubbly and enthusiastic about the hobby and uh, we wish her all the very best on her journey uh, into becoming a full-time commission painter uh, Darcy I hope that's going really well for you we had the hobby legend that is Tyler Mengel uh, for episode five um, Tyler's great uh, wow that doesn't seem that long ago that I actually spoke to him you know how time is weird what's that the Greeks had oh yeah two words for time right there's chronos which is time that moves in a you know, one hour, one hour, one hour, one hour, you know, just sort of moves normally. And then they have a word for time, which uh, moves where, you know, like one hour can seem as long as three hours or one day can seem really short. Or do you know what they call that? Kairos, as in Kairos Fate Weaver. That's where his name comes from. So you're welcome. Um, but yeah, we had a great time talking to Tyler. Uh, and, you know, it's always a pleasure when I see his stuff go out on Twitter. Um, then we had Bobby, uh, Bobby, my old friend, Violet's son, uh, who again, uh, go and follow her YouTube and, and Twitter and things because she puts out great, great work and it's so much good old hammer. Um, you know, I'm honestly surprised she doesn't have lead poisoning, uh, the amount of old hammer she enjoys. Uh, we had Doug from 2 Plus Tough. Uh, what a fun, pleasant guy he is to talk to as well. Uh, you know, everyone's been nice. But, you know, it's been great. We had M, uh, Electric Eve, who took us through her journey of uh, busts and, um, you know, having to deal with uh, strange miniature dealers, uh, <laughs> which I still haven't found one of those yet. I'm going to try. Uh, we spoke to Mamacon just last week. Um, Mamacon is, uh, you know, so on it and so sort of determined and it's really nice hearing someone with that sort of determination to just get better and better and better and then we had matt today where we talked uh, golden demon for far too long uh, i did say this was going to be a bumper episode did i say that i don't know if i did but it has been a bumper episode but that's great because you know i could talk about golden demon for hours and hours and hours and uh, matt definitely could matt did a book about it you know so uh uh, and obviously has his um, his Instagram and Twitter, um, yeah, the Golden Demon Compendium. I think I already said to go and follow it, but I haven't had my coffee yet this morning. It's still really early in the morning. Uh, it's not as early as it was when I did the intro, because that's not how time works. Um, 
but yeah, it's been a really nice season. What can I say? I I have so much joy doing this, and uh, I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, I yeah, I'm I'm off, guys. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go and sit at my hobby desk and probably paint something for a couple of hours before I have to go to work. Um, which yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys in the new year, in 2023. Um, you can talk to me in the meantime. I, I'm not, I don't go completely silent. Uh, just go to Twitter and find at uh, Heresy Heroes. Uh, go to heresyandheroes.com. Or you can follow this podcast on Instagram uh, and also my hobby stuff and all the other stuff. Just go to Instagram and search for my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures uh, and you can find me there. And yeah, I think that's the last plug of season two and boy have I done a lot of them. But you know, such is the nature of doing a podcast. Uh, It's been really fun. I'm going to go off and get excited for Golden Demon and I'm going to pack my microphone away because... My, I have a small table in my flat, and uh, when I'm when it's podcast time, uh, I can't really see the table because it's covered in uh, hard drives and this massive microphone. Because it's got a, it's got like a buffering panel, like made of squishy foam, spongy stuff behind it. Because uh, I love, I live in a part of Nottingham that is uh, usually uh, slightly on fire. Uh, you know, um, there was something last night just crashing around in the street. No idea what that was. Sounded like a titan was stomping down the road. Um, but I'll go and find all that out now. You don't need to know that. I need to know that. Um, but yeah, this is a long enough outro, I think. This has been a good retrospective. It's been a good season. You've been great. I've been great. My guests have been great. It's been greatness all around. Have a lovely time doing your hobby. Be nice to each other. And I will... S- Talk to you in the new year.